coffee black first thing in the morning. Cup of tea, usually gets him going. Then he puts on his boots and cranks up at old 79. Well, the man says there's a storm in the morning, but he pulls down his hat and keeps his wheels on rolling, chasing the dreams of a back forty kind of life. His claim to fame is a last name on a dead end county roadside. He's got calloused hands and a calloused heart, and that suits him just fine. Making it day to day, working his life away, trying to find a little peace of mind. Whoa, but that's his bloodline. Tony, what's going on, man? What's up, Brad? Hey, let me go ahead and uh, uh, mention our sponsors because that's first and uh, the most important thing because we couldn't do it without them. We got Hospitality Heat and Air, uh, Haven Middle State Farm, and my boy TJ over there at Sign Techniques came through solid for me this week, man, because I was out of uh, all of my labels. I got orders coming in for the Miracle Park thing, shine, just, just, just coming through fast, and I ran out of labels. So I said, dude, TJ, I need labels, like, immediately. Right. And he said, I got you, man. So he, he got them pumped out in like a week. Okay. So we got the sponsors in. We're still looking for more sponsors. If y'all want to be involved or just do something to have fun, just give us a shout. And uh, I don't know, just hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, however. You can hit Tony up, too. He's always on there. <laughs> He's the meme king. <laughs> What we're going to talk about today, Tony, we got a, spe right. we got a special show. This yep. is pretty cool, too. Yeah, we uh, got a buddy of mine. I've known him for a very, very long time, uh, Mark Spicer. He's uh, written several books on... Uh, you know, the marksmanship and the art of marksmanship, and he's also written now a book on PTSD. Mark, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man, good. So, first of all, tell us, you know, the name of the book, what what brought it on, and just kind of, you know, a backstory on the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a lot of arguing about what I was going to call the book. Um, but the, the name I settled on is, the book is called Outdance the Devil. Um, kind of suits my character according to the publishers but um it was it was really because i believe the devil's in all of us and i think that um ptsd is a part of it so it seemed to suit what i was trying to do with the book um the book itself is it's kind of just me laying out my life um not my career as a soldier just me um a kid who come from a poor house poor upbringing um, and who now is friends with royal families and celebrities which from the outside looks looks really rags to riches and cool but um, as you're going to find out if you pull the curtain back even slightly it, it's not so cool on the inside so I wanted to wanted to write the book with a hope of, of reducing the amount of, <clears throat> of suicides that, uh, that take place because of a PTS, and I'm I'm saying PTS instead of PTSD because I strongly disagree with the word disorder. It isn't a disorder; it's an illness. A, an illness can be treated. Uh, a disorder is kind of hereditary. So I think <clears throat> I think the word disorder is half the problem. So it, it came about because about a, about two years ago now, I got challenged by by one of my sort of mates from the army to do the whole 22 press-ups a day for 22 days in support of veteran suicides. Well, as a process of that, and because nobody trusts anybody, 
we had to produce a video each time we did it. And we were encouraged to speak about things that we'd struggled with uh, in our lives. And I was surprised how many guys reached out afterwards and said, you've had more than your fair share. You need to put this in a book. It, it will help people. Well, I didn't really think much about it. Um, <clears throat> I ummed and ahed about it for a while. And then, I don't know, it just suddenly seemed like it was the right thing to do. So I found myself on my laptop for about 16 hours. Um, and, the, the, you know, the first introduction and chapter were, were done. Um, and at that point, just kind of flowed. Um, and it was, it's an effort to say to people that it, it's okay not to be okay. But it isn't okay to quit. And the reason I'm doing it is whatever's gone wrong in my life, I've always managed to get my way back into the light uh, and, and find my way to get back up. And like a lot of veterans, I'm fed up with seeing friends end their lives because they, they're lost. Now, one thing I'm trying to do with the book is, is get across that although the book is about my mistakes, uh, and there are plenty of mistakes in there, um, and what it taught me and how I learned and grew from it, it isn't about soldiers. It's not about servicemen. It's about people. So I want to get across that PTS doesn't care if you wore a uniform. Traumatic stress is traumatic stress. So I want to reach out to, you know, the police officer who had to carry the dead teenager from a car. I want to reach out to the firefighter who couldn't get to that child in the flames. The doctor who couldn't save the life. You know, parents, everybody that have suffered something, this, is, this book is for you. And what I'm, what I'm hoping to do is that people will read my life and how I felt and understand that they're not unique. That they're not, it's not them. They're not the problem. Well, I'm they're glad, Ill. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm glad that you mentioned the part about that it's not just for service people because like I, I can remember probably about a month ago having a conversation with my son, right? Because everything is social media. It's about how people see you. And thankfully he's pretty grounded, right? But you never know. You just want to, you kind of want to head everything off at the pass, right? So I had a conversation with him. I'm like, look, a lot of times, you know, whether it be, you know, as young as you are, a relationship, you know, your first job, things are going to hit you. In your, in your mind, you're going to feel like this is the worst day ever. Nothing will ever get better than this. There's no hope, right? And it's yep. just a snapshot. That's just a snapshot of your life to where – I can look back on times when I was young and I thought, man, this is the worst day ever. Like it can't get any worse than this. There's no reason for me to even do anything else. And now I'm, you know, 43 years old looking at my kids and thinking, man, I'm glad that everything. And it, I told him, I said, man, things work out, but you got to work. You got to understand that that's not the end. You got to keep putting the work in. So I think, I think it's like you said, it's for everybody. It could be for everybody. It really is. Um, Traumatic stress doesn't pick and choose. Uh, it just, and it can be anything. I mean, it, some of the things that affect people, other people look at and dismiss. But if, it, if, if it's actually causing them stress, then we need to take it serious. Uh, because for them, it could be, you know, the final straw. So yeah. I want the book to reach out to everybody. Now, clearly it's focused a lot on my life. So mm -hmm. there's a lot about sort of the military side. But to be honest, most of it is about, 
marriages, kids, my father, all the sort of traumatic things that have happened in my life, one after the other, where you think, yeah, am I going to get a break here? Um, and you do, you do feel like, you know, it's never going to get better. Uh, and I've always managed to find a way. I mean, I was always told if you get knocked down seven times, get up eight, but it, it isn't easy. Um, and a lot of people don't make it. Right. And what I found with, with PTSD is it's like getting lost. You, you just find yourself in this darkness that is telling you that it's your friend and it really isn't. Um, and the reason you always find the light switch in your own house is because you know exactly where it is. So you can get rid of darkness anytime you want by flicking the light switch. Well, PTSD has you in a place where you're unfamiliar. You, you don't know where you are. You can't find the light. And sadly, too many people end up walking too far into the dark and they can't find their way out. So what I want to do is, is raise the profile for this um, and point out that the military isn't, the way they train you to join isn't wrong. They, they deconstruct you and they build you into something they need you to be. And that, that has to be that way. And, and I will be the first advocate of that. Where, they, where they're very, very bad is when you leave. They will give you two to four weeks where they'll pay for you to learn to be a plumber or an electrician. And that's kind of your new life. What they don't do is take time to deconstruct and rebuild you to face society. So what happens is guys and girls will come out and even their sense of humor gets them in trouble. You know, their worth ethics get them in trouble. And they start to feel like they're they're in the wrong. Maybe they are a dinosaur. So you don't you don't get that really in the service because you've got all your mates around you. When you leave, you're on your own. And even when you call your mates up who are maybe still serving, they do the only thing they've been trained to do is they give you tough love. And you, you get phrases like, oh, you'll be okay, mate, man up. It's okay, just keep going. And as well-meaning as that is, doesn't help and what you do is you end up coming off that phone feeling like you are now becoming a burden to your friends your brothers and now you're thinking you are alone because even they don't understand you so they're trapped and it just gets worse until people can't take it anymore so i coined the phrase for the book i want to end 22 in 22 so that, that's really the, the push of the book is to try and end the 22 suicides a day in 2022. Um, I came up with like a mantra for it. Um, and I knew it had to be, it had to be a very thought provoking and encouraging word. So I eventually settled on the word strong. And I think I sent you guys the, the, the picture of it um, earlier. So that hopefully again is going to be you know, on T-shirts, on the website, um, places like that, so so people can get that into their heads um, uh, and actually use that when they're feeling down. That's an acronym, yep. Mark. So go ahead and what is that acronym, you strong? Uh, the first one is, like, S is, like, stay in the fight. Uh, the, the T is tell someone. Okay, so the problem is people keep it for themselves. Where did I get to? T, S, no, S, T, R. Um, rise to it. 
you know, rise to the challenge, rise to the fight. Uh, the O is own it and is never quit. The G is grow from it. So use it as um, use it as a benchmark. Um, and the thing I would say to people is don't underestimate therapy. I mean, I, I made a huge mistake when, when my wife committed suicide of thinking, well, I'm a recently retired British Army Sergeant Major, tough as a coffin nail, I don't need anybody's help. Well, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. But it took me almost nine years to work out I was wrong. And in those nine years, I may manage to alienate friends, push people away, um, and generally paid no attention to my life or what I was doing to other people. So therapists are actually way better than I ever given credit for. My argument was always, why do I want to go and talk to somebody who's going to care for an hour until they have to see somebody else or until my money runs out? So I was very cynical about it. But when I did go, ask me a question about my childhood, which actually is the start of the book, but it left me feeling, what the hell has that got to do with this? It's not what I'm here for. And then within five minutes, I'm bawling my eyes out because she triggered something that I didn't even know I was carrying. So it goes a long way to speak to people about it. And I was sat waiting to go in one day, and obviously it says therapist on the door. And I suddenly realized if you break it down, it actually says the rapist. Um, and I've got to be honest, I came out of it a few times feeling violated with <laughs> learning things about myself that I didn't really want to learn. Um, but they're almost like military interrogators. They, they walk you into a corner where you suddenly realize you actually do have issues. You are actually affecting your own life because you're ignoring this issue. And I saw a meme recently that said, if you don't, if you don't adjust your issues from childhood your relationships will. And that is just very true, as you'll find out in the book. I mean, I ruined a couple of relationships because I would re I refused to accept that I had, you know, post-traumatic stress. I refused to accept that I could possibly be carrying issues. Um, and it, it was a wake-up call for me. Um, now, I think there's a gift in everything. Some people don't really understand what I mean when I say that. Um, I guess the classic example, and Tony, you know this, is when my, my wife actually took her life, it took 12 minutes for the paramedics to arrive. And I remember cursing them for years to anybody that would listen about why did it take 12 minutes only the station's five minutes away. Um, but that was because part of me wanted to tell myself that if, if they'd got there quicker, it would have been okay. Well, the facts are it wouldn't. The, the damage that was done says it wouldn't have been okay, whatever. <clears throat> but after sort of moaning about it for a couple of years, I suddenly, suddenly realized it was a gift. And what I mean by that was who gets 12 minutes to tell your wife everything you should have already told her? I did. And it kind of changed the way I viewed things. It changed the way I viewed so-called tragic incidents. And I think as tragic as things are, there is always a gift in it somewhere. 
it may take you a while to find it. And that's probably because you don't really find it until you've not stopped grieving, because I don't think you ever do. But you've got to the stage where you can control grieving. And then maybe you'll reassess it and find out what good it did. Um, but the book really is just me laying it bare so that everybody can see my so-called cushy, perfect life really wasn't uh, and still isn't. But that's okay. Mark, you and I have been through, I mean, a lot together. <coughs> you know, a lot of, of of difficult times together and go back a long time. And, you know, and I actually know, like, some of the military stuff and what what I think is going to truly, I think, impact people the most about this book is that, you know, despite all that happened to you in the military and your close calls, and you had some really close calls, the, those things didn't, like, affect you as much as some personal and some relationships have that have made you grow. You know, and, and I think that people lose sight, and I think that one of the things that PTS has done is it's everybody has only associates that to military, to military, to military. But, yeah, you know, well, it, it could be a, a relationship going sideways. It could be, you know, a, a parent losing a child. It could be um, a job thing. There, You know, the PTS is anything. And then, you know, as, as you and I have gone through this friendship journey and, and, and we've watched you discover things, me discover things and helping each other, you know, and especially what what you learned just recently that something triggered it that you didn't even know. And it went nine months or so where you didn't even realize it was till you went back to therapy. And so, you know what I'm saying? If you'll talk about like that to where something had happened that you didn't even have any idea you were doing it, you know, and it was no, something that, true. so that, that I think was pretty important when we kind of realized that part. No, I mean, it really was the case. And, you know, that you you mentioned obviously um relationships and one of the things that um, caused me an awful lot of grief was the breakdown of a relationship um and then because i didn't address the issues from that uh, you know it ended up almost repeating itself a few years later um so the problem with ptsd is it shuts down it shuts down your logical brain the front half of the brain and you end up seeing the world through the emotional brain, the, the, the first part of the brain that, that develops in the whole fight or flight place, which is not a good place to be making day-to-day -day decisions in. So you almost see an alternative reality to what everybody around you is seeing. And I certainly refused point blank to accept what I was doing. And it wasn't until I went back to therapy that I realized my PTSD had come back. And it was an email. It was I didn't know it could come back. It was something as innocuous <coughs> as an email. That's what got it all started again. Yep. You know? and, we, and we had no idea, you know, because we talk a lot. You and I talk a lot about a lot of things that we've both been through and, we, and we're there for each other. And then when you kind of realize it through therapy that it was that one email that we knew about. But it, it's, you know, people don't understand that it's not, it doesn't have to be a great and like life altering thing that can trigger it. This was just an email. No, it was a, it was a nasty, you know, a nasty turn of events that had me looking like I was about to lose a house that's extremely important to me. 
Um, and that, that was that was a massive shock to me. And it, it, it came at a really bad time. Uh, and it, um, it re-triggered PTSD. Um, and as I say, I thought, you know, once you've been treated, it didn't come back. Well, that isn't the case. It can lurk around in the dark in the back of your head for a long time. Um, so when it came back and I was showing all the signs of it and I was being warned by my partner about it, I refused. I absolutely refused to see it. Because to me, I'm seeing an alternative reality to what she was seeing. But when it comes down to it, she was right. I was ill. I just didn't know it. And the problem with PTSD is sometimes you don't know it until it gets so bad, you're already lost. That's when friends find you in the woods. Mm. Well, and like I said, it's, it's you know, <coughs> the times that you and I have known each other, there's never been, you know, some of the atrocities you saw and were part of in, in war and everything else. Those, those truthfully, you have been able to kind of to deal with those, and I'm sure they play a part in it. But I think to me, the most impactful thing about this book is, like you said, it's going to be for the for the police officer, for the doctor. Um, I really ain't going to say fireman because what do you need? You're going to get PTS from just sleeping. Just fireman and say nurse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll just say nurse because are they going to get PTS from eating <coughs> spaghetti and sleeping all day? You can't get something from that. So, but it's you know, and I think that's the big biggest thing about what I'm excited about the book is the average person is going to realize. And that's why I feel that way. That's why it does that to me. I want to. I want to say something too. As far as I want to get down to this brass tacks. Now, Mark, if you if you can speak on it or whatever, I, you know, I know you. You, it's it's better when people can read it for themselves in the book. But do you speak on in the book, or do you talk about in the book as far as how you can get past? Um. Uh, let's see. The best way for me to say it is like in the South, for instance, right? I'm from the South. I, I can't speak on how, you know, things are in the North. But in the South, like, you just don't, you know, you don't talk about your feelings. You know, you're you're just this hard, hard-working, you Especially know. as a man. Especially yeah, as, as yeah. a man. You just, it's part of it. You and I do, it I do think that that's synonymous with the South. I, you know, just. I think it's everywhere. I think it's a man thing. I really do. Yeah, but in the North, I mean, they walking around with Carhartts and camo and guns and hunting and country music. And I'm just saying it's like a more machismo type life. I'm talking about from me. Like I just said, I can't speak for the people in the North. I'm talking about from the South. Right. You know, your pickup drive, you know, pickup truck driving, Jack, you don't talk about your feelings. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you just don't. You suppress them or, you know, your boys will give you hell and just, you know, just give you all types of grief and joke around. You just don't do it. So how do you get people, whether they're from the South, the North, you know, any, anywhere, how do you get that, that break down the barrier? How do you break down the barrier to where you can talk about it and you can say, Hey, you know, I'm comfortable going to counseling. I can't, I could not see a dude that I know or somebody that I work with being like, you know, I got this number four counselor, Brad. I think you should probably go talk. That just, I can't see that happening. So how do you, how do you approach that? Um, <coughs> excuse me, I got a bit, bit of a cough. Um, I suppose right really now? it was a right, Mark. Hit your yeah, bracelet. I got... Hit your bracelet. Hit your bracelet. <laughs> It'll bring help. Remember, we talked about this. Hit your bracelet. <laughs> you don't give up your day job, Tony, because you're very mate. All right. Uh, to be honest, it's, it's exactly the same 
for the military. You know, you, you have an alpha male society where shown weakness is a weakness. Um, and it has to be that way, or you wouldn't you wouldn't get up when somebody's shooting at you to to attack. You know, you just say where you were. So the military has to be that way. But they've also realized that it's okay for two guys who would probably kill about 15 people in a room without thinking about it. It's okay for them to say to each other, you okay? It's not gay. You're not going to start, start blowing each other or anything. It's just taking care of your friends. Right. right. Um, and it's, um, it's a difficult, a very difficult thing to get people to do. When I first moved to this country, um, and all you lot of big huggers, people started trying <laughs> to hug me. I was like pushing everyone around. I was like, back up there, gay boy. Because uh, <clears throat> in the UK, people just shake hands. Um, but the longer I lived here, the more I realized it's actually, it's actually quite a nice way of greeting each other. <coughs> but it, <coughs> it took me a while to deal with it. <coughs> so it is about just owning up, taking a look in the mirror and saying, I'm not right. You know, that this, this can't be right. I mean, if you find yourself mid tears, middle of the afternoon for no apparent reason, that's, that's not normal. Well, we've actually, you need one of to the, go and seek. One of the things that we started in law enforcement after any critical incident, especially with some of the young officers, we actually mandate that they go <coughs> see somebody after, a certain critical incident. There's people, you know, now there's a network of law enforcement and, and they've got it set up to where it's a group of former law enforcement and you would actually talk to somebody that went through the same thing. We had a guy that was, uh, it was a couple of years ago, we had a call where it was, um, it was a, basically a child abuse situation and two parents had basically, you know, basically child abuse to death and then they took their kids up to a hotel room kind of put them in the bathtub and said, hey, we fell asleep. They must have been in there playing and drowning. And then, you know, this that officer that went to that, that was not an easy thing to go through. So it was one, oh, of, those, no. it was one of those things that, you know, rather than wait and let that guy be two years down the road, we immediately set it up to where he went and talked to somebody. And then the follow-up is there. They're not out of pocket anything. They're not, you know, it's not something that, you know, they've got to worry about paying for and that is one of the things that we have kind of started doing is after a critical incident is at least getting but see that's the what we're doing a new generation but from my generation you just were like hey man suck it up like you said earlier you know and you don't and and but there are also people i think that are equipped to deal with the professional aspect <coughs> more than the personal aspect and i can say that you know, the, the, the personal things in my life have affected me more than the professional things. And, you know, and I've seen some heinous things, but I'm, I guess I'm just, you're able to process it, and you know, because you just accept that part of it. But, you know, we're not, we're not built. And this is a thing that you and I have talked about and really learned. We are not built as humans to be incredibly let down or destroyed by somebody we're close to whether that be a parent, whether it be a, a wife, whether if you have that person that you think this is my person, well, when they absolutely rip your heart out, you're not equipped to deal with that. And I, and I think that, you know, and when you, you know, with Sophia and what really got you going down the road of dealing with it, I think that's the whole thing. And that's what I think the book 
is going to be so good about is because, you know, this is a guy with your background and your history. Most people, especially military guys, would look at you and think, God, man, this dude, he can handle anything. Look what he's done. He's written five books. He's done this. He's done that. You know, look at his career. And, and you know, a woman had him to that point. But that's the whole premise of it. You know, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, if you take suicide as an example, <clears throat> Diane's suicide wasn't the first suicide I witnessed at, at, at close range. You know, um, a friend of mine in the army basically shot himself while he was sat looking at me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was the first one to get to him, couldn't save him. <clears throat> well, that never bothered me anywhere near it did when my wife did it. Um, and to be honest, it didn't bother me as much as, you know, my wife after that cheating on me. Because as an alpha male, you're devastated. You know, you're not just worried about what I do wrong and my failure. There's also, we all worry about what our other alpha male friends are going to be thinking because now I'm a failure to them as well. And it, it really is irrelevant, but in your mind, it isn't. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> a, that's a huge thing. That could cause you to really, you know, because you're thinking, you know, what is everybody going to think of me? Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't, but you can't help it. And that's that, that's the way we were all raised. I mean, I was raised the same sort of era as you two. Um, I mean, I wasn't in the Roman period like you were, Tony. I was a little bit later. But, <laughs> yeah, Brad, um, I, Brad's I not in both, my era either. Both old, no, I mean, right. uh, where, you know, men didn't show their feelings. Men just got on with it. You know, and you, you, we, we lived an entire world of, you know, man the fuck up. Well... When people, when you get to the stage of 22 veterans killing themselves a day, now it's now time to reassess that and say, okay, we're doing something wrong here. <clears throat> and then for, in the UK in particular, you look at vet, a lot of veterans are taking their own lives because they're living on the streets. They're living on the streets because they can't afford to live anywhere. And then they're watching illegal immigrants be given money and hotel rooms. Yeah. You know, and they're starting to think, and I'll risk my life for this country, and, gotta, and nobody cares. Mm, that's got to piss you off. You know, and they keep getting moved on because they're unsightly. Uh, it's, it's wrong. You know, and these guys and girls are very proud. They, they've been raised that way. So, you know, the darkness, and I can certainly speak from experience, the darkness kind of tells you, don't put up with this. Go out on your terms. Go out where you still with your dignity. Well, that's not going out on your terms. That's going out on the darkness's terms. And all you do <clears throat> is destroy other lives that you leave behind. Well, so I we've also, got to come, we've got to find our way to stop it. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is, and I, I think that, you know, and for you on this point is, you know, I think everybody's really going to be amazed at, you know, one of the things we talked about last night was how vulnerable that you feel this book's going to make you. You know, you're, yeah, this book's you're, more than another. You're you're going to concern. I mean, you're very concerned with friends, family, because you're putting stuff out there. But it's you know, the thing about you is, and I know you probably as good as anybody. You've never done anything to for self glorification, and you've never done anything to to, to slander anybody else. And I think that what the book is going to do is I really believe that somebody else is going to find their particular PTS through this. And then it is going to help 
they're going to know somebody else that's like, hey, man, you, you and I, you're going through the same thing. And it's like what Brad was saying, and, and I think this could help people broach those feelings of being able to approach somebody and say, <clears throat> hey, man, I know you, you went through something very similar to this. And, you know, in the 22 a day is I think it's astounding that we have gotten to where that's just okay. Now, I don't mind how many years that's been going on, but if you're talking five years, do the math on 22 a day. And, and how is that okay? If that was 22 now, celebrities a day, they'd have stopped. They'd have figured out something a long time ago. Uh, and that's the annoying thing as well. But you got to think about it. We've now lost more people to suicide than we lost in the last 15 years combat. That's wild. <coughs> See, and, the, and, and I hate to keep bringing it. I hate to keep bringing it back to like the you know, the regular citizens too, but I don't want people to, to listen to this or see the post that goes up with it and think, Oh, well, that's a military book. You know what I mean? Because it's really I, not. I won't, yeah. I won't read, I want everybody yeah. to read it because I think it just doesn't like specifically, you know, 22 needs to be addressed, but, but I, man, I don't want some of my friends to, to like pass up on it just because they think this yeah. is a military. Well, thing. When, you know when, I mean? when you read this book and I, and I, I haven't read it yet, but I know enough of Mark to realize that, that there is, the great majority of what he has dealt with from a PTSD thing has been personal stuff. It's been personal stuff. So I think that that's going to be one of the things that I, I think will attract outside military to it. You know, that you have your, your clear base, but it's like Mark said in the beginning. I think that this is going to be a book that's applicable to anybody that has gone through something traumatic, you know, and especially when you look, when you look at it in terms of, I had no idea what triggered that. You have no idea. And triggers triggers is really the key. One of the things about therapy is they teach you what it is that's triggering you. Um, and there are there are various things that you won't even realize set you off. And they set you down a very dangerous path because they trigger something in your brain. You, you're hypervigilant anyway with PTSD. You're looking for things, thinking you're finding them, they're not really there, but it just pushes you further down the rabbit hole. So the, the book points out what my triggers are. And I only found out what they were because I went to therapy. <clears throat> and they also teach you to recognize the feeling you get. And it is very clear. When, when, when I get triggered, I, now I know I have. I, I, know, I know the feeling I get inside. I know how my mood changes. And I know how to cope with it. And that's, that's important. Before I didn't, I just carry on like an out of control car bowling through everything because <clears throat> I was tough enough, and I wasn't. And and people, this is the thing too that you know, I, man, people hide it so well. Um, we had a driver that I worked with at um, my job, and this was back when I first started at my job. He he was behind me a little bit. His name was Richard. He he was former military. Um. And we used to take a lot of long hauls together, so it'd be his truck and then my truck, and we would just tag team, and we went up to, like, you know, Canton, Ohio, boy, Wisconsin, and we'd talk on the CB back when, you know, everybody talked on the CB. And the whole ride, man, I have known I had already known him for years at previous jobs, and he just talked about his kids, talked about his wife. He was just having the best time, loved the job. Um, just... I mean, and we'd spend three days on the road just talking on the CB, stopping to get something to eat. You know, we'd lay over at the same hotel. And it just seemed like he had everything going for him. You know, he had finally got to a place to where he knew he, would have, he was at a place he could retire. You know, his two boys were getting older. Like, everything was just happy. Ha he was just happy. 
And, you know, within like two or three months from that, you know, they found him in the woods behind his house. And, man, he hit it well. Because, I, I mean, I you know, and, and I feel bad because, like, I felt like we had the opportunity, the, the most perfect opportunity to talk, you know, while we were on the road. And, you know, every time we would take runs together and he never mentioned anything, you know, that was that was <laughs> that was upsetting him or that was stressing him. You know, ne- never, never gave a sign that something was wrong. And that was always, that's always the problem. But the only reason um, 22 a day came out was because veterans and, and serving military had had enough of losing <clears throat> brothers and sisters to this. So they started making a noise. That's why everyone tends to lean towards what well, PTSD is a military thing. No, it isn't. You know, <clears throat> like you mentioned earlier, Tony, how many cops have had to go in and see the results of a horrendously sexually abused child? That has to tear you up. How many have got to a car and you've been fighting and fighting to get somebody out of a car and you lose them just before you can get them out? That's traumatic. How many times you attend an RTA and you're the first people to see the results of it? It's, it's traumatic. You know, doctors and nurses who can't save people and I think the problem with society nowadays, <clears throat> and people are not going to like me for this, but we're we're breeding soft people. You know, this whole woke society thing, this whole everyone gets a prize for taking part is wrong because losing in a race at school, not winning the spelling bee, um, coming second, third or fourth is a very, very valuable life lesson. Because it teaches you, one, there's consequence of action, and two, it teaches you to be resilient. And we have got an entire generation that needs safe space, little cuddly rooms, and are offended by everything. And sadly, what you're seeing now as a result of that is a huge increase in post-traumatic stress in younger people. So I don't want this to be a military book. It isn't a military illness. It's just that we tend to see more of it than most, and the military have made the effort to stop it i want to make sure that the world makes the effort to stop it and one of the things that's been good about this is my marketing um, team um stephanie in particular who heads it they already know a doctor dr kirthy in san diego who's been working with his team on ptsd for over 20 years now and they <clears throat> they've had websites they've had facebook pages and everything else um, but they've recently come up with two different new forms of treatment, one called Nucom, um, and I'm the other name at the moment, sorry. But basically, he read my book, or he read the draft, and he immediately said, this is exactly what I need, and now he's funded the entire book. Man, that's awesome. Because, because he wants the word to get out to civilians, and obviously, although I'm, I'm, I'm a soldier for most of my life. Most of my book is not about my career. Most of the book is what happened to me in my private life and how I got there. What happened to me as a child has set me on a path for the whole of my life and I didn't know it was happening. And it wasn't until I went to therapy at the grand old age of sort of 50 that I found out I'd been carrying three triggers with me three issues my entire life that because of what they were made me amazingly successful 
in the military. And it made me the worst husband and father known to mankind. Um, <clears throat> so there are two sides to this, and I want everybody to see that. And the reason I'm kind of laying my life out there for people to rip into if they want to is, one, I'm past caring. Um, because one of the things I've got used to now is I really don't need to worry what everyone else is thinking. I need to be happy with who I see in the mirror in the mornings. That's the only person I need to be happy with. And as long as he is, what the hell can the day do to me? So I want that to come out. <clears throat> and I also want people to realize, as I said before, it, it's okay not to be okay. But I want people to read what I write about PTSD, what my symptoms were, so that they can recognize it in their friends. The key is getting people to watch each other. Because, Brad, you're quite right. That guy hit it completely because he was worried about you thinking he was weak. So he hit it. 100%. But I, I, I guarantee you the signs, if you knew what the signs were back then, you would have seen something was wrong with him. Yeah, that's the part that sucks. How, how, <clears throat> how hard, I mean, because you, you said going to counseling is what got you to that root problem, right? Because most, <laughs> most problems, you have a root cause, right? How, Absolutely. You can't, it's almost virtually impossible to get to the root cause by yourself. When you say, yeah, it? you can't, you, you really can't. Um, if you read up on PTSD, you know, it's kind of like Googling your symptoms. If you've got something, you, you know, you, you find out via Google, you would, you died a week ago. Um, <clears throat> so there's nothing, you just find bad things. But I honestly believe most people really should consider going to therapy at least once every two to three months because, you know, it's very, very fulfilling it's very calming to sit down and just talk to someone they're, they're not really part of your normal life so you feel you can talk to them maybe in a way you couldn't talk to somebody close you could admit things that you wouldn't necessarily admit to your friends <clears throat> and they are very very good at what they do i think to I'm, me though, I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious so i went to two to see if they told me the same diagnosis um, and when they both did i chose the one i was more comfortable with I think the thing that's going to come out of this with me and other people, though, Mark, and this is just what, like Brad was saying, you know, the average person thinks, you know, I can't have PTS. I don't, I wasn't in the middle, you know, but now I think if people read this book and then people talk about it and then people, you know, realize that it is an incident, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a whole life or something because you could, for the most part, like you said, Brad, that guy had, he loved his kids. He talked about his kids, had a good life, but there was something in him mm -hmm. that, that, that awareness had he realized that, you know, this happened and I need to address it. And I think that's, you know, cause I think that's the big thing about the PTS is it's, it's sometimes it's not a lifelong of doing things, you know, something, if, you know, if you're in a relationship and that's the greatest thing to you, well, if it's ripped out, well, that's a PTS and you don't realize that, but, but helping people understand that, one, it's not weak talking about it. And then two, realizing that it is sometimes just an innocuous incident that if you don't address it, can continue to tear you down and tear you down over a long term. That's going to be the I biggest mean, part is, is getting past being able to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and to give you an example, not everybody's going to suffer from PTS. I mean, if you if you fail to get into the college that you were hoping to get into, it's upsetting, you know, but it really probably isn't. PTS or stressful whereas if if you're already greatly in debt and you can't see a way out of it and that's that's different 
That's mm-hmm. that's the, the sort of thing that people kill themselves over. That is traumatic. It is stressful. And we've just got to get better at spotting the signs. I think the best thing about it is, is like you said earlier, that this is not that we have got to get out of the stigma and the thing that it's just military with PTS because that's the problem with it. You know, the average person thinks, well, what I what I have can't be PTS because I'm not in a critical service, but it's a, a guy that you drove a truck with, Brad, that right. something happened in his life that put him to that point. It's not about just, you know, it is obviously you, you have an extreme, extremely strong military background. So you're going to, you're going to speak to that voice, but it's not just military. It's not just law enforcement. It could be a teacher, you know, anything. It could be any single person in a walk of life that has something happen in their life that puts them to this point of PTS, that if they don't address it, they could go down this road. I think that's the best part about it. We've all, we've all got issues from childhood and from early life. Everybody. Uh, And they don't normally, they don't normally take you to a place of suicide. They may affect your life. They may, they may make you ruin certain things in your life because you're not aware, but they, they rarely sort of take you down that dark road. But if you then throw in some traumatic stress, you know, I mean, you, you could have been close to a your city center when a bomb goes off. You could have witnessed a horrific car accident. You know, it doesn't have to be somebody J-dams you or three people in front of you get bayoneted. It's just something that your brain is not ready for. And then once you kind of, you get to that traumatic stress, whatever you've been carrying as baggage runs riot. And you don't know it's happening. I mean, after, you know, when Diane died, the, you know, me and Chris set up a company and everything. We were probably the worst people in the world to set up a company because we were both suffering PTS at the time. Um, Chris, but you know, I still I get know, people. I know who you're talking still, about, but Chris specifically. Yeah, I mean, I still get people. Tell, tell who know, Chris tell, is. Yeah, tell that, the Chris you're that, talking that, about. Yeah. Give story just for everybody, for a reference point. Uh, Chris Kyle was, was my business partner. Um, Chris knew Diane. Uh, Chris was very instrumental in sort of taking care of me after her suicide. So we spent a lot of time together. Now, I've still got people telling me things we did that I have no recollection of, none at all. Because part of the grief process is it, it you kind of self-protect. You, you shut things down, you bury them deep in your head because um, you don't want to, you don't want to see it, you don't want to hear it. Um, and that's part of PTSD as well. It just, you have memory loss. You can't remember things you did. You can't remember things you said. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it, that's the signs and you, you need to have somebody around that goes, okay, we need to probably sit you down and talk to you. But it, it's, it's difficult because even today where, you know, on the military side in particular, you know, traumatic stress has been recognized as, as a problem. <clears throat> and, you know, the military now say, no, you, you come forward. It's not going to affect your career. That's just not true. It is. And to be honest, it kind of has to, because if I'm a commander looking for a junior commander to take other men into harm's way, and one has had therapy because he had a bit of a breakdown and the other one hasn't, who do you think I'm sending? I, I can't take the risk of other men's lives if he breaks down and he can't take the stress. So by definition, of course, it's going to affect your career. So more and more guys are not talking about it. 
And, you know, there's another side of the coin where people who haven't got PTS claim they do for sympathy and, and retirement. funding, and retirement, to be quite honest. Which, which I've seen at our agency, yep. retired. I've seen it. And then you, you end up with the people who really do need the budget. There's no budget left. I know people walking around with, with service dogs. They, they don't need a service dog. It's absolute crap. But there is clearly an issue in those people because they have a need to feel important. They have a need for this. So that could go down the path of, of PCS, but most of the ones spring to mind for me, they're just attention seekers. Now, the attention seeker is an issue, but it isn't PTS. Well, I think that's important too. Again, you know, I'm the common man over here with the worst vernacular in the room, I'm sure. Um, but let's look at regular families, right? Um, especially now, gas prices going up, uh, groceries going up. You know, is if you if you don't think that your mental health is that important, are you really going to look at the end of the month and be like, well, let's set aside, set aside some money so we can go see a therapist? That's probably not going to be on the top of their list. That's going to be something that they just they're not going to do. You know what I mean? And, no, and there is stigma to it. Um, and one of the things I want to try and break is that going to speak to a therapist. There should be no stigma attached to that. It's no different to go to a doctor because you've got a cold. You just have a different type of illness. And what I want to see come out of it is is the guys that do have a PTS not looked at as unemployable or somebody that you have to put over in the, you know, that it's like a, you know, you also don't want it to be a scarlet letter and a leprosy either. You know, I think that's the big thing that's going to come out of the book is, is to let people know, because there's a lot of people, especially from, you know, this Mark, former military guys, they are terrified to say I have any type of PTS because that's immediately going to classify them in an area unemployable. People are going to think that, they're, the people are going to think I'm an out of control lunatic. And I think that'll be one of the things that I think will help more than anything is to say that, you know, having a PTS doesn't mean that you, you, you can't function in society. It just, it, it's to help you understand what triggers it, what helps you with it, what enables you and things like that, because that's the most unfortunate. And I think that's what leads to most of the 22 a day is because guys just feel completely lost because they're like, I'm scared to say anything. I need help. But if I do, everybody's going to classify me as a psychopath, and then I can't I can't function. And that's what we need to get uh, past. To be, honest, to be honest, mate, you're 100% right there. And, and this administration in particular are trying to use things like PTS to use as gun control. You know, they're, they're trying to get anyone who has had any sort of you know, mental illness flagged up as you can't have a gun. Um, and they're actually making it worse for people because they're driving people to keep quiet. Now, I'll put this down in the book. The only people that are at risk, physical risk, from somebody suffering from, from PTS is them, the actual sufferer. There's no cases of mm. people with PTSD going out and mowing people down. Mm. They just kill themselves. Mm. Because inside, they're still very well-balanced people. They just have an illness. And it's treatable. That's a good point right there. I never thought about it like that. You know, and it's, they're made to feel bad by the very people going, oh, we're trying to help you. We're trying to help you. Oh, your former military? Got it. You can't have a gun. Why? Right. They'll die defending somebody before they'll ever hurt anybody. Right. They're, de they're demonizing the very people that went out there and protected you and will do anything for you. They're demonizing the piss out of them. 
that's like when we used to do the work with disabled veterans. People got upset initially for with me and Chris for ripping into them. You know, like t- teasing them about having no legs or being burnt or whatever. Um, and we're like, listen, you're missing the point. There's still a soldier on the inside. They still see themselves as a soldier. They still want to be treated as a soldier. They don't want sympathy. They want to be part of the gang again. Right. So he got ripped when he had two legs. Well, I'm going to rip him. Now he hasn't got two legs. It doesn't make any difference to me. He's still a soldier in my eyes, and I'm going to treat him that way. So these these people just need to know they can come forward and not be stigmatized. For people to go, you know what, it's okay. I mean, it's it's great in the military now because anybody that picks up anything that I write on Facebook that's slightly off, I get about four or five phone calls. You all right? Yeah, why? Well, I know you wrote that. It just didn't sound right. You, you sure you're okay? You know, yeah, I'm fine. And we all do it. We all look at Facebook and go, well, something going on there, something wrong there. Well, that's spotted it. That's when you reach out to these people and go, you okay? It's a private phone call. Just let's talk. And that can be all it needs to get these people to climb down. Now, Mark, do y'all have a timeline on when it'll be out? Yeah, the book should be out um, end of this month. <coughs> now, there is a, a Facebook page being built for the book that should be out soon. But you can monitor where that is by just monitoring my Osprey Osprey Group USA right. um, Instagram. <coughs> it took, uh, a, it took a little longer because comes... you, you were writing it with like one of those feather pens with ink, so that took a little longer, right? At least I can write. <laughs> They're not chipping things in cave walls. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, if you um, the actual Facebook page when it when it goes up will also you'll be able to pre-order the book buy the book there's going to be all the normal sort of merchandise of of hats and shirts etc that they say on you know outdoors the devil and 22 and 22 strong etc so that you know if people want to they can they can advertise or wear the shirts that way let's say osprey group that's o-s-p-r-e-y correct group it is yeah like the okay. bird i just want everybody to know yeah, so osprey group usa right mark you have an Insta- yeah, you you have an it'll be anything that's coming up will be on my Instagram page uh, with the Osprey one. Um, and also be on your Facebook. Actual- You'll do it on Facebook, Mark Spicer, too, right? Yeah, it'll be on my own one as well. All right. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. I, You know, there's a lot that I'll already, you know, there's a lot that I'll already know, but it, it still. It should be. It was you I was talking your ear off. <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, you know, I was glad to be. Hey, there. there's still things you don't know, so well, you have to buy the book. <laughs> if don't, I gotta, don't if, give him a book. If Mark. I if, don't. I if I have to I buy this buy. book, yeah. if I have to buy this book, that's it. Piss no, on it. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it. Of course, I'm gonna buy it. So, yeah, principle. But uh, no, I was say the main the main focus is to get across to people. This isn't another soldier book. This isn't another veterans only book. This is a this is an illness that we need to address because um, it can affect anyone. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I, you know, when you and I first started talking about this a long time ago and you kind of brought it up, I was like, you have to. You have to because of the people that it's going to help. And I think that's going to be the best part about it is 
the people that are going to be. I did there. also point out in the book that the, my biggest form of stress is actually Tony. <laughs> uh, you know what? I it, see it. I it, can see it. Almost yeah. everybody that I know, if they wrote a book, they would probably say the same thing. So that's fine. I'm okay with that. Mainly because I'm worried he's going to fall out of a tree now <laughs> while he's sleeping. He calls, it, he calls it hunting, but I know he's sleeping. Not even close. He's trying to catch up. So, <laughs> Well, look, I think that, right, I, think that um, I want to say thank you for having enough self-awareness to, to, to know that um, back then, you, you know, you needed some help and you, you know, that you're willing to, to put forth the effort and the time that it takes to, to put your thoughts down and, and maybe help some other people. I also want to uh, ask you if possible to come on again because the cool thing about Mark that people don't know uh, right now is uh, Mark was on uh, an episode of Tony's old podcast. Right. And um, there's a lot more that I think uh, outside of the book that people uh, that I think people would find interesting that maybe didn't, you know, weren't wasn't weren't aware of Tony's podcast. Because I know some other things, you know, from listening to that, that I think some people would kind of want to know, and you can kind of catch people up yeah. on how how cool right. you actually are. Would you? <clears throat> would as you long say, as you keep Tony quiet. Look, Mark, you can't Dude. close when we're talking. You can't close that little flip part of your phone. You got to keep it open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's your jitterbug has to be open for us to talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to remember that. <laughs> You think you can okay, do that for me though? Can you can you come back on and I'll, I'll keep uh, I'll keep absolutely, quiet. Brad. There's some cool stuff I yeah. want to talk to you about personally. I think it'd, no, be, it'd just, be cool. Just tell me when and where, mate, and I'll I'll make it happen. I'll do it. Well, man, I appreciate right. you taking the time to listen to us and uh, uh, talking about your book. Go ahead and give it one more plug though. I want to know who your publisher is and everything. Uh, the publisher at the moment, I actually don't know the name of, but the book is called Out Dance the Devil. Outdance so I've got no dance. So. I'm excited. I want to read it. I got some people I think I want to I want to get get it and and let them have it and buy for. So yeah, we weren't sure whether we were gonna sort of put pictures in it, but I decided I would because Tony, Tony's out. Tony's out. <laughs> if it ain't got yeah. pictures in it, Tony's out. Yeah, good, good. At least I can buy it now. It's got yeah, pictures so there's gonna it. be there's gonna be pictures, <laughs> mate. Because I think I'm a great believer in a picture means a thousand words, and you know, like say for argument's sake, if I'm trying to describe just what a bubbly character Diane was, I think it's easier to do it with a picture of her on the page while you're reading it. Yeah, cool. That's well, cool. I will tell you, Mark, that, you know, we cut up a lot, but there's probably nobody that's meant more to me than you. And I'm glad that you're doing this because I think it's going to tell a story that, that are going to benefit a lot of people. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you doing it. Uh, thanks, mate. And you, thank you for encouraging me because, uh, you did, uh, one of a couple of people that kept telling me to do it. <clears throat> so, Thank you. It's done now. So whatever happens, mate, is your fault. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. So, uh, all right. Elmer Fudd t-shirts I've made up. Just <laughs> make sure they're on the website, and any Elmer Fudd shirt that gets sold, I better get some sort of portion of it. <laughs> That's funny, man. All right, guys. I'll leave you in peace. Well, good. Night. All right. Hey, well, I appreciate it, Mark. It was good talking to you, man. All right. Be safe, Mark. You too. Good night, guys. All right. Good night. Good deal. That's awesome. That's right. awesome. Tony, I'm glad that uh I'm glad you had the idea to do that. I appreciate that. Well, well let's go ahead and give a a, a shout out um to uh our sponsors. We got Hospitality Heat and Air, Haven Miller State Farm, TJ Chris and Bird. TJ, I'm coming to get them stickers tomorrow, man, which will be Sunday, so I How about appreciate our banner. You. 
But our banner. Man, I mean, I guess he's a busy dude. We got two that he, he has. enough to do your labels. <laughs> that was an emergency, man. That was an emergency. I needed them. <laughs> All right, y'all be good. It's an emergency. <laughs> I know. All right, y'all be good.